welcome to the Marvelous Post-Flip Podcast, a podcast on all things Marvel and the Fangirl Zone. I am Sean fangirl And I'm Steve. And I'm Mischievous Dave. Today we're talking about episode two of Loki titled The Variant, written by Elisa Karasik and directed by Kate Heron. So this one had me scratching my head a bit and questioning all things in life. But initial reactions, let's start with Steve. I'm right there with you, Sean. I'm <laughs> scratching my head going, okay, where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> How are we going to get there? This has got me confused as well, but it does look like we're now moving in a direction. It took almost the whole episode to get there, but at least we are seeing some movement going on now that Loki's disappeared again. True. Dave? <laughs> yeah, well, as we were discussing off air, it, it's a real puzzle. I like it. There are parts of it that are so deliberate, and you'd think that might be boring or dry, but it's not. Because, I don't know, it all has agencies, especially Loki. He's so charming, and Tom Hiddleston is per- perfect at him. So I don't mind the quiet parts, but doing research or little funny jokes like shh in the library. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever that was. And he can't get the attention of the lady at the front desk unless he hits that clinky little bell. Yeah. Uh, it is really interesting. I didn't think that's the perspective that I'd be uh, operating from when we first decided to do this show. Loki's going to be interesting. <laughs> I will say again, I had my head scratched a couple times. I'm like, wait, what? Hold on. What? I did like how you said the kind of the quiet moments, but it was like all of the emotional I don't want to say range, but changes that we've seen in Loki. Like when you see him like really get into like the, I don't want to say studying, but the competition he was having with Mobius, like, oh, who's going to find this first? And when he was right, just the pure joy on his face. <laughs> I know. And it's stuff we haven't seen before from him. And normally, I mean, he's in a fight, he's mad, or we think he's happy. But I mean, you you got to see a lot more, and especially when you see the tears welling up. And I was really excited. And I know all the Dragon Con peeps out there were super excited when we got to see, I think it's the Marriott or the Hilton in Atlanta, basically where Dragon Con takes place when they come down the elevator and they get that upshot. Right. You have one of those also in Spider-Man. Oh, crap. I don't remember which one. The most re- with Tom Holland and Vulture. I can't remember which one that was. But you have that shot there. And the fact that they used it and kind of pulled back, a lot of people from Dragon Con just kind of lost their minds. And <laughs> because that is like all of the world who's been missing cons. It's like, wait, I know that. I've been there. So small little nod to all of the nerds, I guess. Yep. All right. Let's get into the recap. Mobius puts Loki to work, but not everyone at the TVA is thrilled about the god of mystery. Chip's presence. I am. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So some plucky medieval music takes us to Oshkosh, Wisconsin in 1985. The TVA Minutemen arrive at the Renaissance Fair in the hopes of catching the Loki variant who has been serving as public enemy number one. They're led to a dark tent where the hunted take control of the hunter to help her take down her crew in the soundtrack of Holding Out for Hero. I'm surprised nobody <laughs> sang that in my house when I was listening to it again. Like, what is that song? I just kept picturing Shrek, though. Yes, <laughs> Shrek. After dispatching of the opposition, the variant grabs the Minuteman commander, opens up a time door, and it disappears. The opening scene location of Oshkosh feels too specific to have been picked at random, and sure enough, this is actually a heartwarming tribute to a key figure from Marvel's past. The original... <laughs> The original dog. 
<laughs> the comic design for Mobius and Mobius was based on Marvel's own Mark Grunwald. After serving a, a, a long-serving and widely respected writer and editor responsible for the characters such as U.S. Agent and Crossbones. Hey, those are bad guys. Grunwald was born in Oshkosh, explaining locales inclusion in Loki. And it does matter to some of us. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because that's not where the run fair is around here. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I want to go to the run fair. Jason's uh, like, it's not in Oshkosh. I'm like, I know that. Right. Close to the state line. But yeah, weird little thing. I love that the music, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. But yeah, for some reason, just all I can picture is like Godmother singing it and Shrek writing it. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. And I thought it was really cool, except the whole dark tent. I'm like, right away. I'm like, come on. Right. Come on. You don't know. Did you never watch a movie ever? Oh. <laughs> like, that's all I kept thinking. But I have to ask you guys, because of the power that was used, did that seem almost like a cross between Scarlet Witch and Loki? I would uh. have to say probably. I mean, he what? He just touched your temple and all of a sudden he had control. I mean, he had that power when he had the Tesseract, but that was in his staff. Right. But this was like something totally different. This just reminded me so much of Scarlet Witch. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like, did she go rogue and we don't know what happened? Yeah, I, I was taken aback at first, too. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I Let me see this again. Don't get it. And it gets worse at the end. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah. I know it. Well, we do get to see Loki adjusting to life at the TVA. I will have to say I was cracking up. Yes. Because, all right, I don't know about you guys, but in my day job, there's always some training and it's something droning on and on. And it's like, that kind of felt like Miss Minutes talking to me. Although, actually, I think I'd probably get like more done with Miss Minutes talking because she's interacting. Right. And I thought it was funny as he's in a cubicle thumbing through, a was it a jet ski magazine? Yeah. Listening to Miss Minutes and like are you listening to me like, yeah yeah <laughs> and just are you alive or are you recording yes and yes like wait <laughs> what and it jumps out of one screen <laughs> you go whoa yeah when he tries to swat it yeah that was great <laughs> like a fly <laughs> Anders. Mobius does come by and grabs his magazine, and he was not happy with him because he had wrinkled up his magazine. Yeah. It's like, listen, are you briefed on what happened? It's like, yeah, yeah, I got it. <laughs> and even though Loki is being brought into the fold, and he's like, I, of course, am the superior Loki, we have <laughs> B-15, kind of put him in his place. I'm yeah. like, can you turn around a second? <laughs> yeah, what's on the back of that jacket? Variant. Oh, yeah. Nobody will notice that. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, clear reminder that you are nothing but a cosmic mistake. Oh, ow. But preparing to visit the Ren Fair, B-15 and Mobius hold a briefing to explain the multitude of Loki variants that they can meet and have met in different timelines. And I want to say, I thought that was really interesting when we got to see the little like holograms. I wish we'd seen more. Yes. Because I couldn't tell what they all were. Because we had one with a like a blue skin Loki, different clothes. One looked like it was big Hulk size to me. Right. And we even had a nod to Loki's heritage as a frost giant. 
which I was like, wait a second, is that in one of the comics? Because I do believe the opening, when we see the words Loki, like all the fonts were from the different comic books and stuff, right. but I could be wrong. No, I think you are right about that. Well, I like the his reaction to the Hulk-like Loki. He looks at himself and he's like this big dude and he's like, his, his eye, he's like, crosses his eyebrows like, what? Yeah. <laughs> he, he's, he I really know. wanted to be able to see it. I'm like, oh, tell me somebody has that and blew it up so you can right. see it a little better. <laughs> So we do have just the progression of Loki holograms, and we have what a Tour de France Loki, monstrous Minotaur Loki, green onesie. Was that like the nod to original Loki? Because wasn't he in like the green onesie with like the <laughs> gold shoes or something? A Viking Loki, and I still I was like, wait, what is that? Is that oh mighty Thor Loki? Like, was it actually from the, the comic? Yeah. They pull it straight out. Out. I would have loved it even better if one looked like a comic book, but that's because I'm weird. <laughs> then everything changes, and we do have something similar to the ancient version that we've seen in Mobius' slideshow. And it's like, okay, all these different Lokis, I get it. But any idea what we're looking for now? Right. Now, now. But I'm worried because if they're going in and B-15 is just got an attitude because we're going to just prune them. Yep. I think she's going to go after Lo our Loki. And that just is starting to irk me. I don't know about you guys. But anyway, I love it that they're gearing up and Mobius is like, just in case. And he hands him his knives and B-15's like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> Take those right back. It's like, but I'm going to my magic. And you know that I like betray everybody, right? It's like, the only thing keeping me from betraying you, though, is the offer for a possible meeting with the timekeepers so it's like okay you're literally saying you're going to betray but it's like oh but i'm not going to betray because i want to see them it's like hmm yeah i'm already not believing you because you're going to betray and you're betraying your betrayal what <laughs> Loki's already like starting Loki. to confuse me <laughs> <laughs> so the team arrives in 1985 and reviews the crime scene noting that the variant had never taken a hostage until this point and loki sees a scheme from his other self and monologues about the gullibility of both asgardians and the tva he believes that this is all a trap and the variant is waiting outside looking to join up with his fellow Loki and take over the universe. <laughs> yeah, he promises to deliver the variant, but only in exchange for a meeting with the timekeepers. Now, Mobius sees through Loki's scheme on his own, though, and he calls out Loki's entire speech as a lie. And of course, this was just a delay to make time go by before they have to reset it right before it hits the point of no return. He had him, though. Oh, yeah, they were going for a second there. <laughs> That is clever. I'm, I'm glad he's a little too far. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's lying. Let's go. Yep. <laughs> Mobius goes to meet with Rabona Renslayer in an office decorated with relics from past cases. I'm sitting here in my call at the computer room and it's full of my junk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stuff from everywhere. She dresses down Logan Cullum insubordinate and unpredictable. Mobius says while this mission was a failure, getting to know this Loki will help him get ahead of the other one. He theorizes if Loki is able to change, but Ramona curtly replies, not unless the timekeepers decree it. Uh, I'm still trying to unpack stuff like that. Yes. 
<laughs> I wonder if <laughs> these guys are supposed to be the be all of end all. I don't think so. No. Something's, wrong. Something's going on. Ever since the three stone faces of the timekeepers were revealed, one of the trio, the guy in the middle, has been compared to Kane and Cocker, although the guy at my comic book store says, no way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Though still unlikely, episode two's Renslayer scenes add weight to the theory. Yeah, we'll see. The statue directly behind Renslayer does bear a visual resemblance to Kang, particularly the face-hugging helmet, and said Timekeeper always being positioned in the center might denote his informants. Yeah, it might. To fuel speculation further, Renslayer displays more personality in episode two, and her unerring admiration of the Timekeepers becomes clear. That doesn't make me suspicious. No. Yeah, she was definitely a fangirl there. Uh, yeah. She also seems to be one of the very few in direct contact with these temporal overlords. And in the Marvel comic, translators were mentally involved with Kang. There might be something in a Kang-like statue standing directly behind her in the office chair. Yeah, maybe that. Or it's a little weird. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, man, freaky. I'm going to have to go back and watch again. <laughs> If that wasn't enough to arouse suspicion, Mobius tells Renslayer that he's glad to have never met the timekeeper and then begins, that one looks like he, before being cut off, I'm like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Mobius walks out of her office promising if Loki doesn't come through, he'll delete him himself. Wow, that's pretty cool. The trickster god is there waiting for him immediately. He's always like a little kid. You guys notice that? Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> He's so vulnerable. He's excited to see things. Immediately trying to explain his behavior on the case, but the TVA agent doesn't want to hear about motivation, saying instead he recruited Loki because of his desire to capture a version of himself deemed superior. Mobius puts Asgardian to work, reviewing the variant case files, much to his chagrin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you did get to have some boring times for Loki, but I thought it was interesting still because he, of course, is frustrated. And like we were talking earlier about the library, he gets to look through all of the files. And I feel like it was going to be like an endless file, but we didn't see that. But something that was prominent in the background was the number 372. And I don't know why. Somebody's (laughs) going to have to clear that up. I mean, most likely it's a nod corresponding to the 86 issue of Mighty Thor, where the TVA's justice piece plays a major role. But is it officially confirmed? That's what it is. I mean, I'm guessing, right, guys? Because they throw these numbers in everywhere that are like nods to the comic. Right. Yeah. Comic showed a super rare occasion of TVA members on the Marvel front cover, which now I really want to see that cover, too. Right. <laughs> like, damn it. I don't know what's going on. But of course, Loki being Loki deviates from his mission, trying to acquire files about the TVA and the sacred timeline, only to end up with his own file. And like you were saying, the librarian who does not want to help unless you hit her button. Oh, wait, that sounded wrong. Hits the bell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, is she a robot? Now I'm starting to wonder. Yeah, classified, classified, classified. Yes, every, well, what can I have? But this, see, because Loki was Loki, he was able to figure some stuff out. So he's flicking through the future of what Loki should have, and chances upon the details of the Asgardian apocalypse, thus providing a direct link to 2017's Ragnarok. The TVA paperwork mentions Ragnarok by name and lists the death toll at about 10,000. Brief shots from the document also confirm that Asgard's destruction was part of the Timekeeper sacred timeline. So now I'm not happy with the Timekeepers. Gonna kill off. Revenge motive, too. Yeah. (laughs) When Loki mentions his discovery to Mobius, he is like, what? I'm on lunch. Why are you talking to me? 
But he name drops the turret, the fiery beast that actually polishes off Thor and Loki's home planet. The big devil-looking dude. Right. <laughs> and apparently, like Dave said, it was all revenge. Which, yeah, I thought we kind of figured that out in the show when we watched that movie. Because he was mad that what Odin had bested him previously. So now he's like, now I'm mad. Give me my stuff. And now you're going down. Yep. But, okay, did it mention Hela? Because I didn't see that. Because I think he still doesn't know about his sister. I didn't see anything of it. This was the name that Thor came up with for himself. Loki, Bruce Banner, and Valkyrie were the court. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's Revengers. Because he was just so bad at trying to think on his feet. Thor, it's like, oh, you're cute. But you don't got a lot of brains. Okay. <laughs> Thor is obviously missing from some Avengers stuff because he was doing Thor stuff. And that's why I think the Revengers kind of made him feel like he was part of a team again. But interestingly, the TVA has officially recognized the Revengers as a proper code name. What? Why? <laughs> like, I don't even think Thor recognized it. Well, he but, just came up with it. <laughs> yeah. But here we have Loki's sudden epiphany because he notices something else just randomly down in the bottom no variant energy detected right and like i said he runs the mobius to tell him and mobius is like i just want my lunch yeah. i don't care and <laughs> he's on wait did he have two cans of pop that he had downed or was it just one i think he's got a hardcore sugar energy drink habit with was it josta yeah <laughs> so he's trying to explain it showing basically how bad he's messing up his salad. I'm like, why? Yeah, I know. Owen Wilson's so good at that. Obvious, too. Yeah, what are you doing? I was trying to eat that. I was waiting for him to be like, you have to go get me a salad now. Go. Yeah. (laughs) But after hearing his theory, Loki's face was just lit up like a Christmas tree. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, much like you just said, Dave, like he's a little kid waiting for recognition. Yep. Many people pointed this out. Like, look how happy he is. It's like he has not gotten somebody to listen and really take him seriously. Because Loki being Loki, it's really hard to take seriously. Yep. So what do they do? Well, let's test your theory. We'll go back to a fixed point in time. Hmm, I wonder if they're going to see Doctor Who. Yeah. (laughs) But they go back to Pompeii. And Mobius is nervous because this was not sanctioned. Or was it? I mean, hey, the timekeepers might know what's what. They're just not telling you. Right. Yeah. That's what I started going, wait a second. If not, they're not supposed to be able to do anything that's not sanctioned. This is part of the sacred timeline. But Loki is like, no, no, this is great. We're going to figure this out. Yada, yada. And he's like, okay, do something like a bird call. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what Loki is going to do. Instead, he runs into the middle of the town, just clearing himself an agent from the future. We are from the future, right? Yeah. It seems futury. <laughs> And you're all going to die. It's like, wow. And right on cue, there's the volcano explosion. And he is just like cheering and jumping. I thought he was going to skip back. Like, look, and I was right. Because with everything that happened, letting the goats run free and throwing food, there was still no variance energy. And so Loki kind of figured out what's going on where the variant could be hiding in some kind of apocalypse. Right. But apparently there's a hell of a lot of apocalypses. Yes, there are. <laughs> First of all, I liked how it really stalled the uh, Lokis out of the uh, wagon. Right. <laughs> all those horned creatures and the goats are usually are like the devil or one iteration of the devil. If you haven't seen the movie The Witch, they have a, an evil goat in there. Right. It's like in all the variations of Loki that he himself is like let loose. 
And oh, I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. And then also Loki himself, the thrill of being right. He's his own worst enemy. He, he lies so much. There's no reason to trust him. And when he gets this validation for being right, empirically proven, see, I can't be trusted. Or see, I did do something right. Ta-da. That yeah. explains. He, he, he is like a little kid. Yeah. And he, he wants that validation. And when he got it, it's like thrilled like a little kid. Plus, he just let all his doppelgangers in the form of goats loose into the town. <laughs> I still would have liked to see a little baby goat like headbutt him because of weird like that. <laughs> If baby goats do that, like see one jumping yeah. at him and like oh, headbutt yeah. him in the, yeah. in the leg yeah. or something and just him go like, what? I just set you free. Just something stupid. I'm weird. What do you want? So Mobius and Loki take a brief break as the former ruminates on how the 1990s had the only thing in history that defied uselessness, the jet ski. <laughs> Despite never being on one, it reminds him of what the TVA is fighting for. Really? <laughs> hey, everybody's got to have a reason, I guess. Yep. Loki is still incredulous about everyone's belief in the timekeepers, but Mobius compares his beliefs to that of Loki's. Existence of chaos, he explains, and this is just a way to try to make sense of it. When Loki asks why the TVA doesn't know what happens at the end of Timeline's End, Mobius explains the timekeepers are working tirelessly to untangle the epilogue. According to him, once they do, the TVA will have fulfilled its purpose and they can all meet in peace at the end of time. That's so weird. Yes. <laughs> so everybody has an ending like, oh, this is Nirvana at the end. Okay. Right. I can't figure that out either. Yeah. So Mobius is suddenly struck with an inspiration. Remembering back to the kid with the gum in the premiere episode, he realizes that anachronistic candy could have only been bought in a certain time period. And <laughs> as they dig through thousands of pages in a race, see who can figure it out first, they find evidence of an Alabama town wiped out by a hurricane during that time, which could be the variant's hiding spot. Of course, Mobius takes this to Ravana, who is initially hesitant to deploy a task force to help. That had me like, why are you so worried about sending somebody? Yes. Like, are you in on it? Yeah. And speaking of a little kid, Mobius being caught up in the moment and his energy allows her to begrudgingly say yes. Oh, please, mom, she, let me go, let me go, please, mom, I, I really want to do this. <laughs> she likes kids. Yeah. <laughs> so the crew heads out to 2050 in the big box rocks cart door in the middle of a devastating hurricane. I wish they wouldn't call these apocalypse. That's just not, a, that's not an apocalypse. No, just, it really isn't. <laughs> yeah, apocalypse is like an end of time. That's an apocalypse just because a volcano went off. I don't know. So, well, okay, it's apocalyptic if you're <laughs> in that particular place, but I, I think an apocalypse is something more planet-wide, galaxy-wide, right, yes. you know, not just... Well, I mean, when they were going through the files, one of the things was like a bird species. Um, right. Yeah. When it stinks. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, like you were saying, I'm thinking that's an apocalyptic event. But he does say it had, what was it, global ecological effects. side effects. Yeah. So yeah, I we, guess they're looking at it something that's going to make a huge, devastating impact on even if it is just one area. Still a stretch to me. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm yeah. not disagreeing time, time with that. Time has obviously gone on since birds are being wiped out. And maybe that's why he asked them to make a bird noise, because eventually... <laughs> 
<laughs> Centuries later, it's going to catch up to a little bird. Anyway, it's almost inevitable that Rockstar is connected to Roxxon, a fictional energy corporation from Marvel Comics. It's responsible for a multitude of evil money-grabbing schemes. Wow, I bet you Walmart or Home Depot didn't like that comparison. Yeah. <laughs> Roxxon or Amazon. Roxxon's yeah. existence in the MCU was confirmed via the Iron Man movies, but the company is yet to play a significant role. Ha! Ah, more butterfly effect. Yep. It will soon. Loki's addition of Roxcar proved that Roxxon will become more influential in the future films. Yeah, I guess so. B-15 refuses to let Mobius and Loki go off together, wasting time, taking the Asgardian for herself. They find a random guy nonsensically shopping for plants, and B-15 suddenly gets possessed as the Minutemen did in the opening. That was weird. I did That gave me a double take, too. Like, what happened? Oh, I get it. I got yeah. It. <laughs> well, I kept thinking that B-15 was taking Loki off because she was just going to be like, yeah, I don't trust you, and like right. try to... Prune him right there, yeah. 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 <laughs> but then when that happened, but yeah, the random guy shopping. Now, first of all, if you've ever been in like a natural disaster, I guess, like some big thing going off, there's always going to be one person doing something weird like that anyway. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's like, let's like the be real. The guy grab it. There's always a guy in the, the news who grabs it. Well, this is a good time to go surfing. Right, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or walking on a pier of rocks, jetty, just to see how awesome the waves are. And they're never seen again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Loki and the variant come face to face as the latter chastises the former for working with the TVA. Loki offers to overthrow the timekeepers and it's with the variant's assistance, but he refuses having bigger fish to fry. Mobius finds the kidnapped Minutemen, who reveals she gave away the location of the timekeepers. Not to Loki theorized that the variant plans to blow up everything using some stolen reset charges and gets whooped by the variant taking in another form, I'll say. Yeah. That stuff <laughs> oh my had, gosh. That yeah, had to hurt. He had his ass handed to him. All right, there's really no other way to say it there. Exactly. Hey. Even with this, being able to use his magic, he was no match. <laughs> but he barely used magic. I mean, come I know. on. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, what? He frustratingly asks, what do you want from me? The variant finally reveals the true identity. It's Loki, but the form of a blonde woman, Sophia DiMartino. And just then, her device activates, sending all the reset charges through the timeline to cause massive simultaneous branches, well, causing chaos. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Tons of chaos. I mean, yeah. the TVA just empties, basically, sending Minutemen all over the place. Oh, okay. Yeah. So now it's unguarded. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because even, re- well... I can't say Ravana left, did she? We see yeah. her grab her. Yeah, I think she yeah. did. Yeah. So that's where they're going. That's yep. the next stop, right? Yep. I guess. Yeah. They're going to get to meet these time lords. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there'll be nobodies or something. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they <laughs> the are three stooges. Powerful. <laughs> they're going to be like mummified, not even like alive. Yeah. When they get to the 10th circle of hell, Satan's there, but he's just a sobbing mess sitting in a pond of ice. If you know the story, there's nothing to him. Right. And I just wonder that the same thing's going to happen here, but maybe it doesn't matter if there's nothing to him. Maybe that's something Loki just wanted to expose that these guys aren't all powerful. Right. This is all a ridiculous charade. I don't know. Either that or he just wants to change the timeline to save, uh, prevent Ragnarok or save his mom. Yeah, save his mom. No kid. Or himself. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Now I'm like, all these other thoughts. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's always the plan. The plan within the plan. Oh, let's take a minute to talk about 
about <laughs> Lady Loki, shall we? The standout scene of Loki's <laughs> second episode is Sofia DiMartino's Lady Loki being revealed as a mysterious variant antagonist. And this version of the character hails directly from the comic book. I did not know that because I thought Lady Loki had like dark hair and huge horns because she had like this one weird little it looked just like one little tiny gold horn like right, oh, I yeah. don't have both of them yet <laughs> and a broken horn too it looked like the other one was like snapped off on the other side of the helm oh okay see I didn't catch that I just seen the one and didn't see another one I'm like that's weird well, but, basically, like, how did she lose it was she in a yeah. fight a battle <laughs> well not like she can use that to grab and hit somebody like Loki did before because he had like <laughs> horns yeah but Lady Loki debuted in 2008 after the destruction of Asgard with Loki's spirit occupying a new female vessel oh big surprise because Loki's only been everything like all the time despite the rebirth Lady Loki was a continuation of the original character rather than a separate identity thank Jodie Whittaker's 13th Doctor rather than Marvel's What If series <laughs> I can't wait till that starts, by yeah. the way. Subsequent versions of the comic book God of Mischief have also been female, and Loki confirmed as he is gender fluid, because who knows how he's going to pop up. Snake, horse, man, woman, ice giant. He's a little of everything. It remains to be seen whether this origin will be adapted for Sophia or if it's just a one-off. I am feeling the way everything freaked out and you've seen the timeline like go wonky that this is just one. Right. I, I don't think this is going to necessarily be the variant that we're looking for. But that's my yeah. thought. I, I think it's the accidental variant. This right. is the someone that just keeps stepping in front of the true variant. It's racing around. And I think the true variant is Loki himself. They are looking I, for him. I can't figure that out. But I mean, we got four more episodes for them to bring it around. Right. To yeah. something like that. And like really just blow my mind. <laughs> it could be that they, even this iteration of Loki that we've seen is unaware of his own plan and that he's searching for himself. Not a superior, not an inferior. It's him, it's you. You just don't know it. Right. Yeah, maybe yet, or, well, tinfoil wrapped soundly around my head there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he managed to figure out that he was hiding in an apocalypse, so yeah, yeah. maybe he eventually he will figure out that he's actually chasing himself. Yeah, I'd love to see it, really. Yep. After Lady Loki triggers her string of timeline charges stolen from the Minutemen, TVA readouts begin going haywire as branch timelines develop in mass. Now, the list confirms variations occurring at a host of familiar MCU locales, including Vormir, the Soul Stone planet, Asgard, Thanos' home of Titan, Xandar, Ego the Living Planet, Sakaar, and the Kree-occupied Hala. <laughs> Let's have some madness. What? Yeah. Wait a second. I didn't catch that. What? Yeah. So wait. So, oh my God. What could that mean? I mean, it could mean like anything, but depending on when it dropped, Thanos may not even be Thanos. Right. Vormir, depend, somebody may or may not have died. or Exactly. Oh my God. Ego, though. They can't be resetting the entire Marvel Universe movies. Maybe they can. Yeah. <laughs> but I doubt it. You know, why? I just think oh, it's. Oh, but so it'd be a way to bring, when they have to fix everything, it'd be a way to bring back Vision and Black Widow. Yeah. Big spoiler if you haven't watched everything by now. Yeah. <laughs> and Red um, Skull. Some people think, yeah. like, well, Red Skull will be able to come back. Captain I don't know. That, that's a whole lot of undoing. Yes. But we saw how much Steve was able to undo. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, is Lady Loki Sylvie? Marvel fans know to stick around during the credits, but if Loki's anything to go by, they should also be reading the the foreign credits. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, I did not do that. I no. stayed for the credits, but I didn't read them. I know. They're going to be a little dry. <laughs> as the name run by, Lady Loki is actually listed as Sylvie on one cast list. This could allude to Marvel comic Sylvie the Enchantress, who took the title after Loki himself imbued her with powers. Going by the full name of Sylvie Lushton, the Earth teenager bears little resemblance to Sophie Diamartino's Lady Loki, or Enchantress, but her own origin story is revealed. It's impossible to rule out a connection. Oh, definitely. I didn't even know there was an Enchantress in Marvel. (laughs) Seriously, guys, can we get some different names? Because you're confusing the hell out of me. (laughs) Yeah, my comic book guy is completely in... I'll name him Tom, okay? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's completely certain that's Enchantress, even though for some reason we're not getting a connection yet. Just another mystery. Indeed But I mean, would, would that make sense for you saying that she is stepping in front of the variant would enchantress do something like that yeah protect you're protecting and working for loki sure why yeah. not ah, god i'm gonna be she keeps on. saying don't call me loki yeah <laughs> did she wait i didn't catch that either cheese yeah. and rice now i gotta go back and watch it again and like really pay attention i don't know why like, i thought i paid attention that unless i don't know why wouldn't she want to be compared to loki if she's working for loki even right. though the current loki we're watching doesn't know <laughs> that he he's the one he's looking for the exact same person at least in my theory i don't know yeah it, your theory makes a lot of sense if if this is actually the enchantress yeah because yeah he probably in the past he's set her off to do all this until he was able to find a way to escape the TVA, which he did in this episode as he follows her through the portal. Yeah, all part of his own plan. He just doesn't know it. Yeah. (laughs) He really seemed to hesitate going through that portal. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Because Mobius was calling for him, and he paused there for a minute and said, "Mm, I think not. (laughs) You know, it just hit me that there's one line that he tells Mobius, not everyone that's bad is completely bad, and not everyone that's good is completely good but i think we should pay attention to that yep see i thought he was thinking ravona i mean we don't know what loki knows but yeah i was thinking somehow putting him on the path that like maybe ravona isn't telling you everything especially when she dropped that uh, you're not the only timekeeper that i have around or whatever like to get like little trinkets from it's like yeah another analyst yeah thank you it's like what is that about exactly well i just hope they end up at the tba next week because that would make me look good i would be yeah somersaults like a little kid (laughs) (laughs) you guys secretly call me loki behind my back anyway right yeah Always. Loki Dave. <laughs> Loki Dave. <laughs> well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season, so please go to www.fangirlzone.com and click on the contact link where you will find several ways to contact us via email or through social media. Please review and rate us on iTunes and any other platform to use for your podcast. With good ratings and reviews, it helps other fans of the show find us, as there are plenty of other Marvel podcasts out there. Tell your friends, and I hope you are enjoying our podcast, and don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts, because you might hear me. 
Like Steve said, you can find us at www.fangirlzone.com and our contacts page has email. We're also on Twitter, on Facebook, on Tumblr on occasion. We're everywhere you are probably at already. So go check us out. And for this episode of the Marvelous Post Flip Podcast. I'm Steve. Where there are wolf's ears, wolf's teeth are near. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And this isn't about you. <laughs> You're talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> and this is Mischievous Day. Finally, something I can relate to in this show. Someone is using a spear. <laughs> <laughs> There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat. There is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the fangirl zone.